Happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. My husband and I just got back from a trip late, late, late last night. We went to Columbus with our kids for the weekend and just hung out with friends, reconnected, and we spent the weekend um, going to services, listening to this evangelist speak. And it was really life-giving and so amazing, but we are all so tired today. (laughs) But it's so good. I'm so excited to talk with you about your relationship with the Lord and why it's so important to steward that relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord has so many blessings and benefits that go along with it, and it's not just salvation and it's not just the um, fellowship. That's not just what we have. Like, the Lord has given us promises, and when we stay in right relationship with Him, we are not only under His protection, but His promises as well. And I like to think about it as like an umbrella. I have the biggest umbrella at the very, very top is the Lord and my relationship with Him, and then the next is the relationship with my husband, and then myself, and then my kids fall under that. And if we stay in the right order and in the right relationship with each of those individuals, then... There is a covering, a protection that is over us. And so I love the fact that the Lord is all about covenant with his children. And covenant is so much more powerful than contract. <laughs> um, we think of com- the marriage covenant, and that's exactly what marriage is to mirror, is our covenant with the Lord. And when we are not in communication or right relationship with our husbands we can feel it right it's very evident in the tension and the things going on in our house when you are not in right relationship together and it goes the same way um, our salvation is not based on works but the quality of our relationship with the lord is based on what we do to have relationship with him how we seek him what we're doing to find him, to learn about his character, to learn about the beauty of who the Lord is, and to learn about the promises that he has for us. Because as we learn about the promises that the Lord has for us, we also learn about how much he loves us as his children. And if you hear baby noises, I'm nursing our two-month-old. So he is just a hungry little noisy boy. So, um But this is life, too. This is mom life, and that is what I think a lot of you are here for. (laughs) When my husband and I were in college, and he was getting his – when my husband was in college, not my husband. When my husband was in college, he was getting his master's degree. We had just gotten married. Um, We'd only been married for a few months before he decided he wanted to go back and get his master's. And he was working full-time. In fact, he was working more than full-time. Most of the time, he was working overtime because the projects that he was on at work were so intense. And he was did his master's basically the first three years of our marriage. He was working on his master's. In that time, we had our first baby. And I'll be honest, I am a jealous wife who is so jealous for her husband's time that it gets so frustrating to me that he would not be available for basically anything any kind of connection whatsoever. It was work, then schoolwork, then he would stay up late doing that, and it would be work and schoolwork. And I honestly felt guilty trying to have him come out and do date nights with me or nagging or asking because when he would spend time ever, when he would take that time to spend with me, it just meant he had to stay up even later. And I mean, he was working till like 4 a.m., 
6 a.m. often getting up and turning around and working again between 9 and 10 a.m. It was a crazy season. And obviously, during that season, it's not very conducive to communicating well. We weren't communicating well. We weren't spending quality time together. And because of that, we didn't have any one-on-one time. And when we finally did start having one-on-one time again, or in that season when we would randomly be able to go out on a date, it was super awkward. And we did not know how to just hang out and be together. And we had to kind of relearn what it was like to be to know each other again, because we had spent months just basically living, being next to each other, but he was so busy that it was hard to find that time to connect. Our marriage was still a covenant relationship. We were still in a relationship. We were still married. But the quality of that relationship suffered greatly because we were not putting in the work to make it flourish. We were not putting in the one-on-one time to make it happen. And because of that, we had distance. There were lots of arguments. It was just a very high tension time. And thankfully, we don't have to worry about having arguments with the Lord. He is so gracious and so kind and so, like, blessing, like, he is perfect, and I am so gracious for that relationship with him. But when we're not putting in the quality time, the quality of the relationship is going to suffer greatly. So one, there are four ways, four key ways that I really believe that we pour into our relationship with you, Lord. And that is prayer and fasting, which is actually, I believe, one of those keys, those things together. It's time in the word worship and praise, and then fellowship with other believers. And no matter where you are in your faith walk, our hearts ought to always be like like striving and longing to go deeper in relationship with the Lord and fellowship with him. We should always want to get closer and closer and closer and connect, just like we should always want that in our marriages and even with our relationship with our kids or just even friendships. So I really believe the most vital way to steward your relationship with the Lord is through prayer and fasting. And I'm going to cover both prayer and fasting together because it is so powerful, so powerful. And I'm going to share a testimony a little bit later about how I just saw the power of prayer with fasting versus just prayer. But communication is so essential to any relationship Um, And prayer is how we communicate with the Lord. Jesus went away to pray often. He prayed to the Father. He was one with the Father, and he still prayed with the Father. So if Jesus, who was one with God, went and prayed to his Father, how much more should we do the same? How much more should we seek the Lord's face in prayer? It's such a huge, pivotal part of our relationship with him. And I don't just mean like, you know, the quick prayer before your food, but daily conversation with the Lord, daily talking to the Lord, because we can hear from the Lord. And so when we're having conversation, we're not just doing the one, doing the talking, but we are praying and talking and we're receiving what the Lord has to say for us. And I think the Lord really wants to be brought into every aspect of our life. I really fully believe in praying about every single decision 
every single question that you have, everything, because the Lord will answer you. And the blessings that come from listening to the Lord are just huge. He wants to be so close to you. His greatest desire is fellowship with you. And you are so important to him. And just like with our spouses, we want to know how their day was. We want to be involved and included in the decision-making process. We want to at least know the heart and how they're feeling. The Lord does the same thing, and that's what he wants for us as children. He wants us to come to him because he cares about us. Even the things that seem small and unimportant, we should go to him because he wants to be involved. He wants to. He may not even... It may be a situation where you have a choice, where God's saying you can go this direction or you can go this direction, and either one is fine, neither one is wrong. But even in those situations, God wants us to bring him in and to connect them. He wants you to involve him in the process because he loves you and he cares about you and he wants you to be there. And he wants to be so involved in your life that that there's nothing that destroys that relationship between the two of you. Um, so when we're acting in good stewardship in a relationship with the Lord, we're in constant communication with him for every decision. Um, there's nothing too small that he doesn't care about. And it is so powerful just to see how good he is when he can just be brought into everything. And he doesn't want to do that in a judgmental or controlling way, but it's simply because he just desires a relationship with you, not because he's trying to control all your decisions or anything like that. He just desires to be the center of your world, like the center of your world. He wants to be the most important thing that more important than your husband and your kids to you. Um, and he has desires for our lives. Um, God has given us dreams and passions, and he desires for us to thrive and live in abundance. And he is a good, good, good father. And anything that says otherwise is a lie from the enemy. However, when we're not seeking the Lord daily, the very things that God placed in our heart can divide us from him. Our dreams and visions and goals are from the Lord. But when we take the Lord off and out of them, they can become idols. And when things become idols, they clearly separate you from the Lord. So we want to stay diligent and bring him into everything and pray without ceasing and pray about everything. Because literally, when we pray about everything, we cannot make the wrong decision unless we choose to ignore what the Lord has told us. You cannot make the wrong decision. If you pray about everything that you bring into your home, Nothing in your home can ever harm you. If you pray about the things that your family eats, I mean, we pray about everything and what the Lord convicts our family of. It's going to be different for every other family. But really, it's all about following what he says. And never you can never make a wrong decision. But having that fellowship, so that also because you're not making wrong decisions, you're also staying in the right fellowship with the Lord and not wandering off down paths that you're not supposed to be on. The other thing I love about prayer and fasting is the fasting part. It is often the missing piece of doing our growth and prayer prayer life with the Lord. Fasting forces us to put aside our human basic needs and to seek his face. And we put death to our flesh. And every time we put death to our flesh, we can hear the Lord 
so much more clearly. All throughout the scriptures, there are different biblical examples of fasting. Um, both in the Old and New Testament, there's really five examples of fasting in the Bible. There's sun up to sundown. There is one day, three days, 21 day, and even 40 day fasts are all in the scriptures. But the biggest um, thing is, and this is kind of a misconception in the, the world today, in the Christian world, is that fasting is always abstaining from food. So giving up entertainment or activities or interests are not biblical fasts. And while you may be edifying your spirit and you can grow through that, it does not hold the same power as a true fast. When you are denying your flesh food so that you can draw closer to the Lord, it has so much power. I mean, so much power. And you will hear the Lord so clearly. You will hear his tender voice. You will. You may not get the answers that you're looking for. You may decide to fast just because you want to hear the Lord more clearly or because you want to grow closer to him. Um, a few years ago, Eric and I began practicing regular fasts. Um, we would fast one day a week, and every single week, my flesh would literally rise up against me, and I would dread the next day. I would just go to bed dreading it because I knew it was going to be hard and not fun, and I wasn't going to feel great because fasting is hard because you're putting your flesh underneath, and you're relying solely on the Lord to sustain you. And so it is hard, especially as I was this was when we only had one child at the time, and I wasn't a new mom. She was about a year, but, I mean, she's one-year-old, still exhausting. And so it was super, super hard. But I was raving to so many anybody that would listen about fasting during that time because I received so much from the Lord, and I could hear him so clearly and so close. It was like he was in my heart just speaking and revealing things to me. I had so many dreams and so many visions of just who he was and his character during that time. And it was so beautiful and it fired me up. But literally every single week I would forget that. <laughs> and I would dread going into the day. And I mean, it wasn't just the day that we were fasting. It, that whole season of life that we were in, we, I was receiving so much from the Lord because he was just just pouring out to me, just pouring out his heart and soul um, to what I was, just because I was seeking him closer. Sorry, he is waking up a little bit and then hopefully going back to sleep. Um, but so prayer and fasting are so, so, so critical to do together and that's such an important part of your relationship with the Lord. But Jesus talks about fasting very often in the scriptures, and he talks about when you fast, not if you fast. So this is a command. Fasting is a command. It's not an if. It's an expectation that the Lord has His on his children, and we are not taught that. And most of us, I know I have not been taught that. I don't think many believers are taught that these days about fasting because it's hard and nobody wants to do it right like out of their flesh. If they want to do it, it's because they're seeking the Lord and seeking through his spirit. And I definitely believe there are times not to do full fast. We have um, 
I am nursing right now. Obviously, when pregnant, doing a full fast is not recommended. Or if you're having specific health issues, then I would not recommend fasting. But at least not a full fast. But there are still things you can do that are edifying to your spirit that will help you participate in either a corporate fast or just some fast that you want to do with yourself or your family. Um, but the other thing is, that was the first thing. The second is time in the word. There is so much noise in our world today, and sometimes it can be so, so hard to discern and decipher what is the Lord and what is your own voice in your thought life. I really do believe the Lord talks to us through our thoughts. He talks to us through the scripture. But when we do hear the voice of the Lord through our thoughts, we should always take it back and test it by the scriptures and what the scripture says is is what is true is what we're hearing and we think is from the Lord but it's not what the scripture says and it is most likely not actually from the Lord and it may actually be that you're hearing something from the enemy so it should all be tested back with what the Bible says and what God's character is doesn't line up with what the words that I'm hearing spending alone time to receive what the Lord has to say is one part but getting alone in his written word in the Bible, it's where you can learn about who he is and who his character is. God never changes. Who he was in Genesis is who he is in Revelation and still who he is today. And his character is still the same. His power is still the same. And that one's huge. His power is still the same. And his love for you is still the same. So we can really learn about who God is when we spend time in his word. And that's what do we do during the dating phases of before marriage is we spend time getting to know the other person. And then a lot of times in marriage, we stop trying to get to know the other person and we just like get super focused on ourselves. But the truth is we should always be a student of ourselves. This sport, we should always be a student of the Lord and learning about who he is and what he has to say to us because he wants to talk to you every single every single day. There are different seasons where time in your word is going to look different. I have two little kids right now, and so that makes getting up and doing quiet time particularly challenging, and especially because right now I'm getting up three to four times a night to nurse a newborn baby. So I'm not setting my alarm to get up in the morning before the kids to read my Bible because I'm sleeping when I can sleep because I'm not getting much sleep these days. And I totally believe the Lord honors that. But right now I can also be intentional of when I am up nursing him instead of scrolling Instagram or Facebook, I am reading the word. I'm reading scriptures. I'm spending time with him and engaging in in. Reading the Word is an act of worship as well, and so we'll talk a little bit about that too a little bit later. But when we get fixed on this idea that we can only spend God time with God in a one-on-one, quiet, and an intentional environment, we miss out on so much because there are seasons of life where that is just not possible. As a new mom, I sleep when I can sleep, and that means I'm not setting alarms to get up before my kids, and and so... That one-on-one time is listening to the scriptures while I'm doing dishes or reading the word while I am nursing or driving, listening to the word while I'm driving. 
So give yourself grace in this area and realize it does not have to be that it's Instagram perfect quiet time where you, you sit down with your coffee, your Bible, and your journal, and you get to spend an hour to two hours just soaking in the presence of the Lord. Like that is great and it has I think it's amazing. And when you can do it, it's absolutely so powerful. It's not an excuse not to do some not to spend time in your words just because you have little kids or because life is busy and you have a crazy busy job. But it's required that we spend time with him in order to build our relationship with him. So as your faith builds and you trust in the Lord, it breaks off any kind of inhibitors in your walk with the Lord, which also means your fellowship and your relationship with him remain close. And faith comes by hearing. So don't just listen to scriptures, but listen to different sermons or podcasts that will challenge you to grow in your faith and help build your faith. Um, spending time in worship and praise, which is probably my favorite and most near and dear to my heart as a worship leader. But worship and praise are actually different things, totally two different things. Praise is a joyful recounting of all that God has done for you and what he will do. It's full of thanksgiving, appreciation for the Lord. Um, it's so good to praise the Lord, just as good to praise your spouse or your children for the things you're thankful for in them and for them doing such a good job. I know when my daughter, Lily, she's two and a half, and she does something that I think is so great or she's learning how to do something. She loves it when I praise her for doing that. She It builds her up and it dri- drives our relationship closer because she knows that I'm paying attention and she knows that I notice and I value the things that she's doing. And the Lord wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to be paying attention to the things that he's doing for us and to value that. I mean, as humans, we crave like being valued and important and noticed um, and appreciated. And the Lord does the same things. He wants to be appreciated and noticed in your life. And um, so, Praising your the Lord is so important. And think about how you re- like feel when you receive praise for things that you have done. Um, in the scriptures, praise is usually uninhibited, which means there is absolutely nothing holding it back. Um, in Second Samuel six fourteen through fifteen, it says, "Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod." So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord and was shouting and with the sound of a trumpet. Praise is often loud and boisterous, but it is done with all your might. And in Exodus fifteen twenty through 21, then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took up the timbrels in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them singing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, gloriously, the horse and his rider has thrown into the sea. Luke 19:37-38 says, Then as he was now drawing near to the ascent of Mount Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works he, they had seen saying, Blessed is he is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. 
When was the last time you just reacted to the Holy Spirit moving in your heart with no fears of what other people would think, no concerns of what you might be doing wrong, but you literally couldn't stop yourself from singing, shouting, jumping, laughing, or dancing? We are so often inhibited by ourselves in praise, but praise is uninhibited dancing, uninhibited singing, shouting, just just joy in the Lord and thankfulness, and it is expressed often through our bodies and our voices. And the Lord desires all of these things from his children, and it really creates a deeper, more free relationship when you do it, when you're no longer concerned about what others may think or how they will respond to your praise, then you can freely praise the Lord. Worship is a little different. Worship is reserved just for the Lord. It comes from a different place within our spirits. Um, if we are worshiping anything other than the Lord, it is idolatry. Worship is the art of losing oneself in adoration and affection for the Lord. And praise can be a part of worship, but worship cannot be a part of praise. Worship goes beyond praise. Um, we get Mankind gets themselves into all sorts of trouble because they try to worship things that are not the Lord. We get into idolatry. And sometimes we don't even realize we are worshiping it until we cut it out of our lives. And we realize that is a huge problem. But as a culture, we see people worship different kinds of idols. Cell phones, social media, the news, sports, politicians, or even spouses. And how often do we lose ourselves in adoration for the Lord compared to how often we lose ourselves in adoration for our favorite TV show. We spend so much more time than doing that than we do other times that other things like spending time with the Lord that we tend to lose focus on the Lord. And so worship and praise are both required in our relationship with the Lord. And one of the things that Eric and I have talked about many, many times is that even in the church, we see so much worship more these days, which is great, but we're seeing less and less praise, less and less really just fast, upbeat songs that you can just move to. And it's become this culture of, I need to feel connected to worship. I need to feel the spirit moving and to worship him. But the truth is this praise part is so important and just this uninhibited praising of the Lord. I mean, just get alone with the Lord and just lose control. Just dance, just praise, just shout, just jump. Whatever you feel bubbling up inside of you, let out because that is one of the Lord's greatest joys is when we praise him um, and when we worship him. And then last is fellowshipping with other believers. This is a great way to steward your relationship with the Lord. When we um, are spending time with other believers, it is edifying our spirits. It's building us up. When we are talking about what the Lord is doing in our lives, we're just encouraging other believers. It's so uplifting to ourselves. But God did not create man to be alone and isolated. In fact, he said it's not good for man to be alone, and he gave man a woman. Um, the, the Bible refers to us as sheep and the Lord being our shepherd. And when wolves come to attack a flock or a herd of sheep, the first thing it does is it scatters the sheep and then it goes to kill and attack the one that is the most isolated. Satan plays these games and he tries to isolate believers. We have seen that so much 
over the last year, all 2020, his whole, Satan's whole goal was to isolate and scatter the believers. And unfortunately, he was very successful in some places and thankfully not so successful in others. And so when he, they scatter, the wolves scatter the sheep and then they go after for the one that is most isolated. And then Satan does the same thing to Christians. He scatters them by creating offense and hurt. Um, and then once they're isolated, he tells them every lie he can think of to foster that offense and hurt, which just drives a wedge between you and the Lord. So fellowship with other believers, it brings in community. When you cannot be isolated, when you are, there is strength in numbers. When you are all together, they, the Lord, Satan cannot get into your thought life. He cannot mess with your mind because you have Christ followers also pouring into you. The church is key to stewarding your relationship with the Lord. We cannot just do this whole fellowship from home thing. It is not at all scriptural. There is no scripture in the Bible where believers are just like, mm, I'm just going to hang out at my house and watch the show, like watch the sermon, watch the message, and it's going to be okay. I'm going to connect with people eventually. But the truth is, the church is key to our relationship and stewarding our relationship with the Lord. Without the protection of being surrounded by other believers, we become vulnerable. And the devil sits and waits to see which people be the most vulnerable. And then he starts to whisper small whispers that turn into gaping wounds if we let them. Um, with churches being so online friendly, we have a generation of believers now who think it's okay to just watch from home. And while it's a great tool for when you can't make it to church, like we, we were gone on vacation this weekend, so it is awesome that we can go back and listen to the sermons that we were not present for on Sunday morning. Whether it's due to illness, travels, or transportation that you've missed out, it is so imperative that that is not a habit for you. Satan is isolating so many Christians right now, and simply the convenience of watching churches from your couch and those who've gotten hurt by the church in the past have fallen even more into the risky category because of the offense that they've carried and how they believe that they don't need the church and they don't need people. Um, and so they feel safer being at home instead of risking fellowship with other believers. But the church is never meant for unbelievers. The church was meant for Christians to gather and fellowship together. It was meant for them to be trained up and sent out to minister to unbelievers. So the point of the church was to fuel and refill the believers and to learn and draw closer to the Lord and fellowship. So if we're not in the church, if we're not attending a church where we can fellowship in a small group or fellowship in person, then the chances of us being more vulnerable are huge. It's, it's such a risk to not be in that community. Whether it's a large community or a small community, it is such a risk to not be in that community. You are setting yourself up for attack, attack, attack from the enemy because he knows you're scattered. And then once he's got you in a place where you are not attending church and you don't feel, you're like, um, you're complacent, I guess is what I'm trying to say, then you are, he'll leave you alone. Because now you're not a threat to the kingdom. 
and we don't ever really want that. <laughs> so remembering that when you are under the umbrella or the covering of a ward, the rest of the areas in stewardship become easier and much more enjoyable. So the rest of the areas that we're going to, that I would like to talk about these next few weeks are family and by family, I mean marriage and kids and then your relationships, extended family and friends, how to steward your time, your body and your mind, and then how to steward your home and the atmosphere and the environment of your home. And of course, stewarding your finances are all super important and they all relate to your relationship with the Lord. But if the relationship with the Lord is what you are focusing on and that is what is right and you are stewarding that well, Everything else will fall into line as well. So I look forward to seeing you guys and talking with you next week. I am cannot believe he slept through pretty much this whole thing. He kind of ate and then fell asleep again. So praise the Lord. Thank you, guys. Thank you for hanging out with me. Um, and I will talk to you again soon.